Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Wait, what do you got, Dion? Who needs Cody Bellinger? That's all I'm saying. Oh, well, the Cubs do. That, that, I <laughs> won't over today. So. Well, look, I, I'm all for overreactions on the first spring training game, but uh, I won't overreact to the who needs Cody stuff. You, you, they, they still need Cody. It's time they, oh, for Tom Ricketts to yeah. to, and I don't expect them to just hand over two hundred million dollars. No team is no. doing that. But but yes, it's it, they need Cody Bellinger. They do. Bellinger drives that one right field. Hanniger back on the belly bomb. Just into the bleachers in right. And for Cody, number 24. Drilled center field. Well struck. Sawinski turns, looks, gone. Oh, baby, onto the batter's eye. He crushed it. Number 26. It's 13-1. A couple of the highlights uh, last year on Marquee, and uh, we were talking about that on Friday. I, I still told Dion that I anticipated the Cubs to sign Bellinger. I won dinner from Jesse. Ooh, like I, Jesse I, was willing to bet dinner on that. Yeah, he had said like he leaned fifty-one forty-nine that he would sign elsewhere. So it wasn't like he was saying there's no chance the Cubs would sign him. He just was saying that. He thought there was a better shot that he would sign elsewhere. But, you know, again, I always felt if there was a better offer out there, Bellinger would have been long gone. Yeah. And there was a stalemate. And what Boris is Boris would like to do is have the Cubs negotiate against themselves. That's that's his play. Yeah. Is he usually gets a team fearful that there is another team out there and he gets them to bid against themselves. Credit to Jed. Jed didn't do that. And um, the Cubs sort of just stayed and they waited and they waited. And Toronto never got in on it. I was surprised because you know how I felt. I always thought that he would get seven years, 30 million. Somebody would be willing to pay him. Yeah, like he's still 28. He plays two positions really, really well. Um, I always thought that if Chris Bryant got 180 when his – Arrow was going down, and he only could play, and he wasn't the defensive, uh, he could play multiple positions, but he wasn't the good defensive player that Bellinger was. And the Bellinger's arrow was going, at least coming off of a good season. Yeah, no doubt. We still don't know, like, can he do this in multiple years, year after year after year? But I, I thought that one team would be willing to pay Bellinger a lot of money. It never happened. No, I I don't know if if owners are taking a different approach, but I think this is hugely beneficial to the Cubs. I I mean I think Johnny said win win. I think it's totally a win win. Bellinger gets to if he proves uh, that last year wasn't an anomaly, he gets to revisit free agency. It's his option. And if I'm a if, if I'm Jed and Bellinger goes out and has a year like last year or even better, and he decides to revisit free agency, and you may have to spend a few extra dollars to keep him, then I think you'd be willing to do so. So I think that yeah, I think that this is hugely beneficial to the Cubs. Are all the former Cubs kind of like the poster children of this? 
Think about it. The Javier Baez deal is something that the Tigers are totally regretting. It's a boulder tied around their leg. What what did he get paid? 160, 150? The Chris Bryant got 180 from the Rockies. Even Contreras, we were all, I was a huge proponent of them re-upping Contreras. What did he get, 80 or 90 from the Cardinals? That, That thing did not go well in St. Louis for him. He was being replaced like in May. 87.5 87.5 for How Wilson. Much? 87.5. Yeah, so almost 90. Jed has has hit all the right notes when it comes to most of these contracts. So have like all the other teams too looked at some of these deals and they and they've said and I'm not just saying because he's a former cub but have they all said look none of these guys are really if they're not a superstar. Yeah. worth a- worth like a lot of the money on a long-term basis. So maybe we shouldn't hand over someone a lot of money like this. I think it's a combination of a superstar, but also somebody who's preferably 26 years old when they're hitting free agency. That's what Bryce Harper and Manny Machado did. That's why they got $300 million. I think both teams were happy with those deals. But again, they were 26. Once you start getting past that you know, mid-20s age, guys don't age great and with so much velocity in Major League Baseball playing a huge role nowadays. Well, And you have to go back to, what, 2019 to, to see Bellinger be a difference-making player. So I get why some teams may have been a bit reluctant to give him a long-term deal. You want to see whether or not last year was an anomaly or there is more of that to come. And that's why I think, you know, Jed deserves a ton of credit. He didn't blink. Right. Like, so if he has a great year at $30 million, and that's what he would get paid next year, He's probably going to opt out because he probably wants a longer term deal. If he has a a, a middle of the road year, he's probably going to opt in right. because he probably wants to get paid thirty million a year next year. I would think. I would think so as well. But who knows? Like Stroman opted out of opted out of twenty some million last year. We all thought after his downfall that he would opt in, and he never did. Yeah. But so, like, if he doesn't have a good year, who knows? Like, is this the largest yearly contract the Cubs have ever paid a player? Is $30 million more than they have ever paid a player in a singular season? It sounds like it, right? Yeah, I, I think mean, Hayward tapped out at, like, in the high 20s, right, right? right? So I think that, like, I mean, listen, this is a one-year deal, basically. But this is the most lucrative at least one-year contract that the Cubs right, have ever signed right. a player to. It's interesting. Which is crazy. When you put it that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, they have never paid anyone $30 million a year to play for them. And and I think that this is a good deal, for certainly for the Cubs. I don't know how Scott Boris feels about it. I'm sure he feels like, you know, they, they left money. I, I don't know if you leave money on the table if no one's willing to pay you. No, they didn't leave any money. But I, I, like, I, I don't know if they were counting chickens. But I, I certainly was. I thought for sure. Largest annual average salary for the Cubs is Lester at 25.8. So this, this is like a this exceeds significant yeah. jump. That is kind of crazy when you, kind of, when you think about it, them being the Cubs and being in this market, that they've never had a player that was on that level but the from truth- salary basis. But I, I guess all of those guys that you won the World Series with, as you said, they they made the right decisions and moved away from them. How many players in baseball history would there be more or less than we think who make thirty million annually? It's a good question. Well, I mean, how many? You know, I I have a pretty good idea, but I, I don't know how many you guys less think. Than we think, I bet there would Maybe be less. So. You know what? Twenty five most. I think there's I, a. 
a few more, I think. I think it's like in the that. history of the game. Who yeah. have Thirty million dollars or more. How many baseball players have made that much? You want to know what the number is this year for this upcoming season? There are twenty players yeah. making thirty. Okay. All time, there's probably what forty, fifty who've done who've so made thirty per year. Maybe it's not that like Pujols did, right? So Pujols yeah, is retired. A Rod did. It's. A, did, I mean, did, it's a very Fielder least it's interesting. Feel did Prince Fielder make thirty million a year? Might have, yeah. He had a couple. He but Strasburg is making thirty-five million this year for for the the, the Nationals. He's like back now, right? He didn't. Re- he unretired, didn't he? Uh, for thirty-five million, I probably so. It's just I, maybe maybe it sounds more shocking than it truly is because there's not that many people that have made in excess of thirty million dollars a year. Saying, but yeah. you would think that the Cubs would have dipped their toe in that water previously. But again, I, I think Jed deserves a lot of credit for how he's handled a lot of things. Uh, leading up to this, for sure. If you want to talk about this, 312-332-3776, um, what your expectations for the Cubs are, 312-332-3776. Football conversation. The uh, Bears are at the Combine now. It is Combine week. We will be at the Combine after the show on Wednesday. We're driving Indy on Wednesday. It's brought to you by Toyota. Toyota, let's go places. We'll be driving down in my uh, new Toyota Sequoia, looking forward to that and picking it up tomorrow. So uh, we're going to have a blast. We'll be broadcasting there live on Thursday and Friday. Um, I haven't been down at the Combine since I was a reporter in the early 2000s. I, I haven't been to the Combine since I, I participated in it in 1989. That's what I was going to guess. And don't want to go back to that memory. Well, you'll be down there and forget about it while I'm down there. Different building, different experience, different atmosphere. But yeah, that was, this is what I was telling you guys early as well. I mean, the, the Bears still the, I think the most important team in the league right now as the, the combine begins. And, and I was reading Courtney's article and in the first paragraph of her article today, Chicago Bears general manager Ryan Poles was such a focus of attention at last year's NFL combine. That he had to change hotels in order to avoid the crush of inquiries about the number one overall pick in the draft. I would think his phone is buzzing even harder this year than even last year. Does a, does a phone buzz hard? Oh, yeah. yeah. But the, it, like you could have a level of hardness yep. of the buzzer? His does, absolutely. You can tell is it is whether or not it's Washington or oh, it's really? New England. Yeah, every buzz has got its own little feature. You can pick your own ringtone for yeah. different people. Well, what would the ringtone be? Yeah. What would you set your ringtone to be for the Commanders, for the Patriots? Like, who gets what? That's a good question. How would you set your ringtone to know who was calling? Because you? now that Belichick is out, like you, there's not any easy jokes no. anymore with the Patriots. And now that uh, Snyder is out with the Commanders, there's no easy jokes for the Commanders. I think you could go with the, uh, doesn't uh, Yurko call the commanders the Commodores? You go with the... Uh, oh, you oh, could go with Lionel yeah, Richie. Yeah. You go. yeah, there you go. Oh, well, All night regardless long. of how his phone will behave, I think it will be, it will be very active. I don't understand that, though. W- were people knocking on his door? I, that's a good question. Well, I don't I, know. I don't understand why he was moving out of his hotel. Well, I guess you could just put your phone on silence, couldn't you? Or you just, you know, or you could tell everyone at the front desk, don't push it's calls through. It's the first move I make when I go to the hotel. Because A, I know like people like you guys would prank me. B, you get overzealous people at the hotel. I unplug all the hotel phones. If someone wants to get a hold of me, they have my cell phone. Yeah. 
There, there's no reason that that phone in the hotel should ever ring. So un, unplug every hotel phone. He got rid of Twitter. He said several weeks ago. So maybe this was yeah maybe. So maybe this year he's not going to move hotels. He's just going to do what you said. He's just going to tell them don't push any calls through to my room. I like the idea. Last year there were just people NFL GMs lined up outside his hotel, Knocking making a line. Door. Yeah, like it's yeah. Uh, like it's a club or something. They're waiting to get in. It's a good Scott, question. To Scott Fitter was just pounding on the door last yeah. year. Or the we former like, we Panthers can ask, GM. We can ask him tomorrow. Yeah, we we have Ryan's on tomorrow with us. So we have a Sox game on tomorrow. After the Sox game, we'll air the interview that we're uh, we're going to talk to. Uh, we're, we're recording it earlier in the morning, and then we'll play it for you um, tomorrow after the White Sox game. And then we're off to Indy after the show on Wednesday, and we'll we'll be walking around the uh, the the combine all day Thursday, all day Friday. The quarterbacks are supposed to be speaking early on Friday. So we hope to book a lot of interesting guests. We hope to get some good nuggets. We expect to be out. Hopefully. We'll try to get some GMs a little uh, a little tipsy to see if they can uh, they can tell us some things. Maybe they're not supposed to be telling us. Maybe we'll run into Jim Harbaugh. Could be. Who knows? But that you guys were telling me that not all the coaches go these days. I, I, I think that McVeigh and Shanny and those guys aren't coming from the West Coast, are they, Tyler? That's the uh, rumor. The rumor is Shanny is not, and then uh, McVeigh definitely is not. I why, think Miller makes a that? good point. Like, what else you guys got going on? Like, this is this is this is part of the gig, isn't it? You don't. You better not get any draft picks wrong if you're not attending the combine as a coach. What well, are you look, doing? Maybe that's maybe that's why they screwed up the Trey Lance thing because they weren't in Indy for the combine. Maybe that's why they did. They were there and they're like they were blown away by Trey Lance at the combine. They're like, we got to get this guy. Well, maybe that's why McVeigh got Pukum Nakua right is because he he didn't think long and didn't think wrong. And he just looked at the tape, and he's like, look, Puka Nakua just gets it done on the football field. I don't care how slow he is on the field. He plays fast, and he and he gets his tape is good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, I don't know you, why there's a change in philosophy with regard to being there for coaches. But You're right about that, Sylvie, because there's notoriously every year there's one or two oh, guys no who doubt. just have. And didn't they have a good draft, the Rams? Didn't the oh, Rams yeah. have, like, the best draft? They had a yeah, very good yeah. draft. Uh, yeah, they did, yes. So maybe they set precedent by not being there. Or I don't know. Was McVeigh not there last year? I'm not sure I'm what not sure McVay's either. deal was last year. I, I will say this, though. Michigan is sending a record number of players to the Combine this year. There's 18 Wolverines going to the Combine. So maybe Jim's just going to be there for that. I think so. I think you should. I, I think, I think Jim a, needs to get around and reintroduce himself to the rest of the NFL and to us. He's not. He's not a social butterfly. These he days. is not. No, but that's where he did play. He that's good, right. He's Captain, Captain comeback. comeback there. Yes, I, he's I familiar thought, with that. Didn't I? I thought maybe I saw him at the Pacers game. Was there a Pacers game last night, or was that old stock footage that I was looking at? Maybe he's there. I don't I mean, know. I, I feel like so. you're. I saw him. Yeah, Are I saw you guys something over the weekend. Me? Great. Uh, Keith is in Hyde Park. Keith, you're on Waddle and Sylvie. What's on your mind? First of all, guys, uh, the Bellinger deal, it's a good deal. But what do you do with Christopher Maria? Because he's a, he's a guy with pop and no position. And if you install Michael Bush over at first, you put Bellinger in center, then PCA has to go back down. Uh, and Morrell... It's just what a utility infielder. He's too valuable for that. Move him out of there. Get him out of there. That's what I got. 
I, do you think Morel's a guy that, that has value around the league? You talked about trades, and then yeah. Yurko said, who are you going to trade? Is Morel a guy who can yes. hit you 30 home runs that somebody would be interested in? He's young. I think a lot athletic. of teams are interested in him. I wouldn't trade him unless you're getting someone, you're getting someone big in return. But, I mean, you signed Chapman. You don't right. have to trade for Chapman. Uh, again, like I, uh, what I like about Council is Council wants to play younger players, and they're going to give him room to grow and make mistakes. I believe they want his bat in the lineup every day. And I heard Council do the interview with Boog the other day. It was Friday. They did an in in game interview with Council, and they're like, "We don't have to make a decision on Morrell on what position he's going to make." Even in April. Right. But what he wants to do is he wants to play him every day in spring training at third to give him some consistency. He doesn't want him bouncing around. He wants, here you are, play third base every day. Let's see what he, he's going to show us. Um, and again, I just think that, yes, he needs to cut down on strikeouts. There are some things he can do better, obviously. We don't know what position. I just think the highs... The ceiling is too high. Absolutely. And it felt like that Rossi was never willing to to stick with him and was very quick to pull him out of situations whenever and, he would and go for cold. Who? And for who? Right. For for like veterans who were, were already done. Right. Uh, Mancini, didn't make a lot of sense. like, oh, we gotta play Mancini today. What? Instead of Morell who's got thunder in his bat? Yeah, you, know, you gotta you gotta play him. And like PCA Unless PCA shows you he's not ready, I'm giving him a chance to make plays in center field and to be in in my lineup. Feels like the whole situation is, no pun intended, going to be managed differently now with Craig yeah, Council yeah. involved. And you got options. Like I don't think you could have enough options. I, I love that they have options, and I, I don't think you could ever have enough players. Um, I heard the guys talking today about the starting rotation, about where like where. How many, like a car called in, Capel was saying, go get Snell. And a, a car called in and said, well, you, ha- you already have enough ro- members of the rotation. You never yeah. have enough members of the rotation. If you can get Blake Snell on an opt-out deal, you go get Blake Snell, who's the Cy Young Award winner. Right. Go get Blake Snell. You'll figure it out. Someone else, like the Dodgers every year pitch seven, eight, nine guys. In the starting rotation every year, someone's going to get hurt. No question. Someone's going to underachieve. It's just you're going to need seven, eight, nine guys in the starting rotation. So, um, uh, but back to football. Do you, like I, I am firmly in the belief that this is is as well as Poles has done, and yeah, he's made his mistakes. We we've, we've documented these. That this is going to be. These next four weeks, eight weeks, this is going to define him. No doubt. Uh, to where he's going to go as a general manager. Well, think about it. Like, look, if they, depending on what they do, decide to do at the quarterback, just think of the options. If you were to stay with Justin Fields and pass on Caleb Williams or Drake May and one of those guys goes out and has a season in his rookie year the way that C.J. Stroud did and you don't get the development from Justin you were looking for, the NFL history books are not going to be kind to, to Ryan Poles for passing on a quarterback in consecutive years, having the first overall pick. If Caleb Williams, they, they go ahead and they draft Caleb Williams and they don't develop him well and Justin goes somewhere else, it develops. That is also going to stick to Ryan Poles. So regardless of what decision he makes, 
This will be the most defining moment of his career. There's no question about it. And that's why I think the both of us have always said, look, whatever you do, I know that they will go to all ends of the earth to turn over every rock and do all the evaluations and the investigations and everything. Get it right. It's easier said than done. Of course. But if you get it right, you will be lauded not just by your local team, which is thirsting for a quarterback to throw for more than 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns for the first time in the history of the organization. You'll be lauded by the NFL. Like He has done a really nice job setting himself up to define himself a very early time in his career. And if he gets this right, like the, the, the NFL kingdom is his. In a lot of ways, like he will be viewed as a guy that took a franchise and in a very short period of time, put them on the map and put them on the right track. But again, like if you don't make the right decision, the NFL, you know, magnifying sure. glass and the 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 you know, it's the microscope's going to be on. Look, you. Andy Reid was a very good coach. He was yes. a very good coach in Philly. He was a very good coach when Alex Smith was his quarterback. Now he's being considered as one of the greatest all-time coaches. He's a genius What changed? Now. What changed? Patrick Mahomes became their starting quarterback. Exactly. Yeah. Same thing with Belichick. Yeah. Belichick, when, when, when he made the determination between Brady, I'm watching the documentary right now, and Pioli said it best. Pioli said, when we determined Brady over Bledsoe, we knew one thing. We had to get it right. Because they knew if Brady wasn't the right guy, and they and Brady wasn't going to win for them, they would be fired. Yes. That Kraft was going to fire them. And because Brady blossomed and they won that year, they Belichick became, instead of just a guy, he became one of the greatest coaches of all time. Poles, if he gets this right, can go from becoming just a really good general manager, which we think he's already become with a good plan, yes. to being... One one that we look upon differently in Chicago sports history. The microscope is on him as well already because of his decision to stick with his head coach. That was his decision. There were other guys out there that were available at least to talk to. Now, whether or not they would have ever decided on Jim Harbaugh because Jim would want some say in personnel issues, that's a different conversation. But his decision to stick with his head coach and then have to go out and fill out your offensive staff again for the, the second time in three years, that is already something that has drawn the attention of the NFL universe. So now people are going to be play, uh, paying close attention for a number of reasons, but there's no question that this decision that he makes will define him for years to come. And then you ask the question, which decision do you think would bring more pressure to him? Would it be keeping Justin, trading the picks, and trying to build around Justin? Or is there more pressure attached to giving up on Justin, passing Justin along to somebody else in a trade, and drafting Caleb Williams? And how does he handle that pressure that's associated with it? I call it pressure. I would think it's it's considered an opportunity in their building because they've got a couple of good options. But which option do you believe brings the most pressure attached to it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 312-332-3776 if you want to answer that question that Waddle just asked. And uh, uh, again, no matter how you feel about Justin, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, whoever your guy is, do you believe that Ryan Poles is going to get this right? 
because that's what we all want. Yes. We want to be sitting here in three years from now saying, my goodness, he got it right. Not only did he make that Carolina deal a year before, but then he took that number one pick and he changed the course of history for the Chicago Bears. Do you believe Poles is going to get this right? Today in my world starts the stretch drive of one of the most important decisions in Chicago sports history. 312-332-3776. I don't believe that that's overstating it. I really believe that that's where we are for the Bears and with Ryan Poles right now. Uh, We'll talk about that. And there's one NFL insider who believes that the Bears will and should trade down and get a haul. It's one of his final parting shots. We'll tell you about that coming up next. Waddle and Sylvie are back. Are back. Follow the show on Twitter at Waddle and Sylvie and at T Waddle 87. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. So Peter King today announced his retirement, Football Morning in America. And uh, Peter has been uh, great to us throughout the years. And uh, we last saw him in person uh, at training camp. He's such a good guy. He's been on with us for many, many years. And and I, I like, too, that he says, look, I'm retiring. I can't do this every week like this. There are lots of things about the job that's just not as fun to me anymore. But I'm not promising that in six months from now that I won't be doing something because I'm, I'm going to get bored. So, like, he's open to doing something in football. Just not the 3 o'clock in the morning, yeah. you know, meet the, the deadline for the article stuff anymore. Right. Like, what started off as Monday morning quarterback and turned into football morning in America, he's not going to be doing that anymore. He does admit that he probably will end up doing something in the media. It will just be... He loves football too much. He does. I, he's going to do something. I don't think I've seen anybody in their last couple decades that's had better ac- access at times. And, and his article today, though I read today, was, I mean, it was just, it, it was enjoyable for so many reasons. I think he had told us in the past his favorite, you know, interview with Steve Young after he won the Super Bowl and all of the IVs he had to get afterwards. But his relationship with, with Andy Reid and his access to Tom Brady. That, and, that was mine. I mean, it's just, all of it is so enlightening. And when you know so many of these people that are movers and shakers in the league are willing to give him access, like, right after the Super Bowl or right in the most critical moments, then you know he's got to be the most trusted guy covering the game. He's like, I'm driving to work today with Shanahan. Right. You know, you're driving to work with him. That's like they trust him so much. And I'm glad he put his favorite interviews because the one that I remembered the most is after Brady won that come from behind Super Bowl. He met Brady in Montana right. at his cottage. And I always remember that. I'm like, man, who gets that access? Yeah, and said, hey, hey, touch my arm. Touch yeah. my arm. Thinking that it was going to be a problem. And he says it was very soft and pliable. And Tom went on to explain to him how important his workout routine is and, and how it has propelled him in, in the manner in which it did. Right. It's not going to be muscle bound. Right. Too many guys are muscle bound. That's why they don't. Survive injuries. By the way, that Patriots documentary is it's unbelievable. It's such a great walk back in time. 
and what was one of the most important times in NFL history. I was texting with Joniak over the weekend. I go, hey, have you, have you watched this yet? And he says, I'm reading the book. Go do yourself a favor. I know how you love this stuff. He texted me this morning. He goes, hey, I watched all four episodes. Unbelievable. Awesome. It is. Yeah. So he watched it. Here's what um, Peter King wrote, speaking of the, on the Bears topic. And this is very weird in the way he wrote it, too. Um, so he, 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 a lot of it was reminiscing, but he did have current thoughts. And one of them was, I suppose the Bears are going to trade the top pick. I know nothing. <laughs> but that seems to be the way the wind is blowing. What I say, the Bears could keep Justin Fields and should and trade the first pick down once or twice and build the kind of supporting cast a team needs to contend. Suppose general manager Ryan Poles traded the top pick one spot to Washington, which could take Caleb Williams, and got the second pick, a second-round pick, and a 2025 pick in return. Then suppose Poles traded the second pick to Atlanta at eight, and the Falcons picked one of the other quarterbacks. In return, Chicago gets the eighth pick, Atlanta's second-round pick, and a first and second-round pick next year. Imagine moving from one to eight and ending up with this draft hall. They would have the eighth and ninth pick in this year's NFL draft, second-round picks from Washington, Atlanta this year, three first-round picks and two second-round picks in 2025, for moving down seven picks in the first round. The Bears could end up with nine picks in the first two rounds in the next two drafts, instant infrastructure. It's what a lot of our listeners and fans have been uh, very into. It is very tempting. But uh, Read the first part of that again. Yeah, and this is that, that's the most interesting. It says, I suppose the Bears are going to trade the top pick. And then he writes, I know nothing. But that seems to be the way the wind is blowing. When I left uh, last Thursday, the wind was howling in the direction of Bears will trade Justin and draft a quarterback with a first overall selection. Well, that's a reversal in wind. Yeah, and, and where is the wind coming from? I have not. I have not felt this wind. No, uh, no. and like I'm very um, sensitive to wind. <laughs> I, I I have not felt this wind at all. I haven't either, but. Again, as we say that, we also advertise Peter as being as dialed in as anybody, but he also admits that he's making a statement that he he doesn't know anything. But earlier in the column, what he did say is one reason why he is stepping down is he's not into the day-to-day minutiae anymore. He's not connected with that. So I don't know, like... And and Carmen and Yurko did a good job on this. This isn't just a local thing. Like with Biggs, I, I've told you a, a few times last week, Biggs is pretty much saying it isn't Justin or versus Caleb anymore. This is which quarterback they're going to take. Right. The ship has basically sailed on Justin. Albert Breer, uh, a, a lot of the national Daniel guys, Jeremiah. Yeah, all of them believe the Bears are going to trade Justin Fields. Graziano. Yeah. It's not if, it's when. Most of them believe that this is going to happen. Well, and I would add, I asked the question before the break, which decision would bring more pressure with it? And and I'm not suggesting to you that Ryan Poles is going to make a decision based on how he perceives his job security. 
But if, in fact, he moves on from Justin and drafts a quarterback first overall, that, to me, provides more job security. Again, I'm not suggesting that's what's most important to him. What's most important to him is getting it right. Winning. But if, in fact, you are able to use the first overall selection on a player you really, really like, I believe that provides more job security than moving forward with Justin. So, again, if you play it out, what if that pick that you you pass on turns out to be a difference-making quarterback? And what if the quarterback that you're looking to move forward with currently on your roster doesn't take that next step? Like, that is a quicker a quicker ticket out of town sure. than drafting Caleb Williams or Drake May overall and four years later finding out it was a bad decision. So, I, I mean, to answer my own question, I would suggest... And for a general manager, look, if you are in love with the guy you have... And you have the first overall selection. I could understand why you would stick with the guy you, you, you love, that you have. He didn't draft Justin. That's the thing. So, like, there's not that connection. There's not that bond. You see the bond that exists between him and the coach. Yes. That bond doesn't exist between him and Justin because they're not tied in that manner. Uh, Bob and Rosemont, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Bob? Good afternoon, guys. How are you? We're good. Hey. Excellent. You know, Sylvia, I couldn't agree more in terms of the significance of this decision to Ryan Pohl's uh, standing within the within the annals of Bears general managers. I think, quite frankly, if he gets it right, it, it brings him within the limited scope of Jerry Venisi and Jim Finks in terms of general managers who have done well and probably puts him above those, not only based upon the importance of it, but based upon the thinking that went into formulating it and putting himself in this position in year two. It probably rivals when, when Red Arbach decided to draft Larry Bird as a junior uh, and benefited from that uh, looking forward. But uh, on the point of uh, job security and the importance of this decision, I don't think that Ryan Poles can err if he makes the decision to, to leave Justin Fields. I think there's been enough objective evidence mm-hmm. of Fields standing in, in, with all quarterbacks in the league that I think the move away from him uh, can't be criticized by anybody, really. Uh, I don't think the support for Fields is as deep as some would think. I think people forget that he came into the season uh, with people expecting big things from him, uh, that didn't materialize, and when he was injured, there was actually rabid enthusiasm for his uh, his substitute, his stand-in. And, and frankly, no one was in a hurry for Justin to get back from that injury so that fans could have another week to review Tyson Bagent, who seemed to be more proficient in running the offense than was Fields. So if you leave Fields, I don't think you, you can be criticized there. The issue that could be subject to criticism is whether you decide to go to Caleb Williams or Drake May with that selection. And, and, and one of the things that complicates that decision is the fact that Caleb Williams does not have an agent. And if you look at the problems Lamar Jackson has had over the years in Baltimore, largely those have been misunderstandings and problems with negotiations because he has chosen to be represented by a family member rather than a professional agent. And I think that if you uh, if you look at that situation and you're the Bears and you're wondering if you're going to get this guy in camp promptly, if you're going to have problems negotiating because he's going to try to break the mold in terms of salary and things of that nature, 
that is a bigger concern, frankly, than what takes place on the field. And you're going, that may well play a role in a decision that ultimately results in them taking Drake May instead of Caleb Williams, dropping down to two, picking up some draft picks in context of that decision. But I think the decision is going to be less involved with the haul they get to trade down and more concerns about Caleb Williams uh, and the factors that I just outlined. Bob, I would say this. I, I'm not ignoring what you're saying, and it's well thought out. If they feel he's a significantly better player than Drake May, they're not going to draft Drake May ahead of Caleb Williams because they're afraid of the stuff that you mentioned. I'm not dismissing the stuff you mentioned, but if there is a significant difference between the two in their evaluation, they're going to draft Caleb Williams and work it out. I mean, what is Caleb Williams going to do eventually? Sit out? Like the best thing people talk all the time about, well, maybe you could make more money and stay in, in, in school if, in fact, you, you know, you don't find the landing spot that you want. The best thing that can happen for somebody that's drafted first overall and is a good quarterback is you get into the NFL system as soon as possible. All that NIL money is going to show up in terms of of endorsement money. But what you want to do is start the clock on your trip towards $50 million a year. And you don't do that by staying in college. You start that clock towards the $50 million a year contract as soon as possible. And the other thing I would say to Bob is not just it doesn't elevate Ryan Poles in the Bears history books if he gets this right. Think about how he'll be looked at over his short period of time by all NFL people. You tore a team down in year one. In year two, you made a brilliant trade that netted you a ton that ultimately, with some good fortune, netted you the first pick in year three of your tenure. You use that pick on a quarterback that is a difference maker, hopefully a generational talent, and you have elevated your team in a manner in which very few could have done. Like he joins, he's sitting at the I, same table with Howard, you know, with Howie Roseman and others. That's what he did. This is this could be big. Yeah, this could be big, like in the pantheon of yes. Chicago sports. If he gets, he could if be he the gets first it right. to get her. Like Jerry Angelo tried with the J trade. Yes, he did, but. He built really good teams. He never got the superstar quarterback to raise those really good teams to multiple Super Bowls to win one because they never got. They had yeah, racks. I'm with you. I don't think it's an. I don't think it's an exaggeration. I, I mean, again, he's got to get it right. He's but got, if he gets the, it right. right. That's the thing. Like he joins the exclusive, you know, the, we talk about the Hall of Fame. There's certain wings. There's certain places. Like Joe Montana's in one place, and others are in another. He joins, you know, he's at the exclusive club. Yep, yep. If it gets it right. So uh, I, I pulled the question, will Ryan Poles get the quarterback decision right? This isn't about who you want. This Is is he going to get it right? And um, I'll give you the results coming up. 312-332-3776. If you want to weigh in, you can listen to the show on ESPN 1000. And, of course, 100.3, that's our HD station. Just make sure... Your uh, car is enabled for HD radio, 100.3 HD2. You can also download that ESPN Chicago app. And then our YouTube channel is hot. Uh, Not only can you listen live and watch us live inside our State Street studios, it's um, YouTube and then it's ESPN Chicago. You can also watch us on Twitch.tv and our channel is ESPN 1000 Chicago. More coming up next. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. All right, what do you think? Where's the confidence level here in polls? Uh, 
60% yes, 40% no. Will Ryan Poles get the quarterback decision right? I mean, this is a who big, your guy is. It's a big decision, and it's never been gotten right in the past, so this would be a first. Uh, 60, almost 69%. Nice. Uh, 60, almost nice. 60, I'm a, I'm a rounder. Uh, 68.5%. I was taught uh, five or more. Yes. Uh, you round up. That's sound mathematics, my friend. Yes. 60, it's now 68.9%. So it is like 69%. Nice. Yes. Look, I, I, I think there is reason to be optimistic. Again, there have been misses, as you described, but I think there has been a lot of progress made in a short period of time by him. Yeah, so uh, 1,500 people have voted in 20 minutes. You can get uh, online and vote on my Twitter handle at Waddle. And so it's brought to you by your local Chicagoland Toyota dealers. Real quick, the one thing that constantly still kind of sticks in my craw is the thought that the only way you can make this team better is by trading the first overall selection and bringing in this haul of picks. With the, imp- or the increase in the salary cap, the extra $30 million, they're going to have almost $80 million to spend, which is third or fourth most in the league. You're going to have a number of picks. If you get the quarterback right, that means usually you have to get less right going forward. But we're not looking at him getting less right. They've got plenty of assets at their disposal to continue to improve their roster, even if you don't trade that first pick. Like the thought that you have to trade the pick to right. build everywhere else. I just disagree with that. Like, you still have the ninth overall selection. If you trade Justin, that's going to bring you compensation in return. You've got picks. You've got cap space. Like, I just think it's a fallacy that you can't build your team if you use the first pick on a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. All that money, all those picks. Next year's Carolina second-round pick. So many things. Uh, Cicero Skinny, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Skinny? Hey, boys, good to see you, and I'm a big fan of the show. Thank, Thank you. So I just want to say, before I ask my question, I'm a 100% supporter of Ryan Poles. I think he's done nothing so far to show us that we don't have confidence in him, and I think he's going to do the right thing uh, when he comes to the first pick this year. I'm more likely to see that they trade down from the number nine pick than they are to get rid of the number one pick. But uh, here's my question. I don't want to be a pessimist, is, what would sting more for us as Bears fans that we draft Caleb? It doesn't even have to be Caleb. We draft a quarterback with the number one pick, and he's a bust, or we trade out of the number one spot, and that person wins three Super Bowls and becomes a Hall of Famer. It's that one because it, that's burned us before. Like that would be another. I know Mahomes wasn't number one, but like you, if if you miss again and and you bypass the guy again, and you don't pick the best one again, isn't isn't that just going to torment you forever? I would think so. And that's why you stay, that's why you take the best guy at number one, in my opinion. Again, I'm with you, Skinny. As long as you you know you go through the process and you're comfortable with the person, and your evaluation on the field is is something that you are very comfortable with, and then it makes a ton of sense for sure. James and Gurney here on ESPN 1000. What's up, James? Hey, fellas, real quick, man. Great job. So. There's so many scenarios. I know it's easy to say, let's just get it right at the top, please. No, so everybody's talking about trading down. Let's look at the Jets, for instance, man. I mean, I've got much first-round talent on that team without a quarterback. And without a quarterback, when these, when all these young assets start to move forward to three, four, and five years, you got to pay them. So the quarterback spot is the most important. And, I mean, even last year, now I love to trade with D.J. Moore. You know, you're looking at some of the trades that – some of the picks that, that Ryan has made, especially 12 and 4 – 
throwing a couple darts, throwing a couple misses there on, on our outside talent, some of the offensive talent. I mean, he's done a great job. 58 is going to be an awesome football player. They've done enough on the defensive side. I think they could fill some of them roles with some safe, their safety positions with, with the free agent money, but it's going to come down to this decision. Again, he has to get it right. In my opinion, he just has to get it right. Whether that's Caleb, I'm a Caleb guy, but, dude, I call, I've been calling for years. You guys know that. I call myself the number one rated uh, couch quarterback Monday night. I'm just goofing. Like, I hope it's Caleb, but if it's not, if it's Drake May, then so be it. But at the end of the day, we got to get this right because, you, like you said, Waddle, you can trade down all you want. You can have all this first and second third-round talent. If your quarterback position is not solidified, it's just unfortunately in this game, especially for us, we have to get it right. I mean, we just have to get this right. I don't know what else to say. All these scenarios with Peter King, this pick has to be done correctly. And this could, like you said, it could spring them off. We get this wrong. If you pick Caleb and he busts, I mean, I don't know. So I don't know. I just think this is this is a huge, huge, huge momentum for us, and hopefully we get it right. But no trading because you you're going to end up being like the New York Jets, who have all that talent. They have the talent of the world. How many first and second rounds they have on the team? No quarterback. Look where they're at. No, I mean, it, it, James, no it's, it's fair, James. And look, it, it, your your valuation of difference making players doesn't have to stop at the end of the first round. Look at the San Francisco 49ers. Where was Kittle drafted? Where was Debo drafted? Like, even Ayuk was drafted late, late in the first round, I believe. I mean, plenty of guys weren't first-round picks. I don't think Fred Warner was a first-round pick, was he? I mean, there were plenty. of Fred Warner was, I, I, I don't believe, was he's arguably, he was a third-round pick. Mm-hmm. Like, you can find talent. It's not, I got to have, I got to have four first-round picks. I got to have four second-round picks at the top of the, uh, of the, the second round. No, you don't. Be good at your job. Evaluate guys. You've got enough money. You've got enough draft picks. You've got to get the quarterback position correct. Uh, Trey on the west side. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Trey? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate sure. it. You got it. Big fans. T. Waddle 87. Trey, what's up? Uh, one thing, two things. First thing I want to say is you're the only person that I can ever recall outrunning Deion Sanders to score a touchdown. I still remember that. Great job, sir. Thank you. Still have those <laughs> wheels, Trey. Still have them. Oh, yeah. Oh, there it is. Sylvie Strong also. Thank you. First appreciate time it, calling Trey. you guys. Thank and you. I really appreciate you all. You're welcome, sir, taking my call. I just wanted to say, um, I feel the, the Bears, I mean, I believe if they give Justin one more opportunity and, and trade that first pick and get an overhaul and get some weapons and see what he can do, I believe it'll work out. And if not, then you get rid of them. But, you know, teachers, oh, I don't know what they're going to do. I'm just a fan. But that's what I believe. You get a, Justin Field, just one more opportunity with some weapons. Get a, get that edge rusher, get that lineman, and get another receiver, a Marvin Harrison, if, if possible. Then I believe they'll, they'll do well and be all right. That's all I really want to say to you guys. And thanks again for taking my call. Thanks, Trey. Appreciate it. Uh, look, I, I think you still put it into the category. Get it right. If that's the decision they make. And they decide to move forward. You got to get it right. I don't look. I just look at it differently. I, I think we are expecting talent around Justin to make him better, which it will. It'll make any quarterback better. But you can also make the guys around you better if the quarterback is somebody that's a, a multiplier. I think we're just looking at this. I don't know if it's if you know we're just conditioned because we've been in a town where the quarterback play hasn't been outstanding consistently. But I think we expect everyone around the quarterback to make him better instead of the other way around. Well, and also because they haven't supported the quarterback. That's true. Like Cutler wasn't supported. Fields has not been supported. That's very true. But yes, you want a multiplier as well, just yeah. like we've talked about with Montez Sweat. 
Like, he's multiplying other guys. We want the quarterback to multiply as well. If you put good talent around another quarterback, that will make that quarterback better as well. Three three two three seven seven six. if you want to weigh in. A lot going on, too, over the weekend. One of the great parties of 2024 happened yesterday on the west side. You'll hear some of the sounds from it coming up next.